Surrender. Once the family that dined under the elm turned to stone were forgotten, and under the stare of the sun and stars for so many years finally turned to dust and became the winking ashes and lit cigarettes of the very cosmos above, only once the family had become the great party wheeling in the sky did Leroy finally stop drinking. Man, it was like hanging on flypaper and watching the kitchen spin. Leroy often drank tequila in the same street where once he stood on his tiptoes to watch the family, laughing under the elms. Their mouths stretched back like blown flowers, the same street, where, drunk, he once pulled a forty-five caliber on his cousin and shot him in the leg over the New Jersey Jets. I give up, his cousin kept shouting over and over. You're right. But Leroy didn't hear him. He was witnessing the air turn amber and orange about his cousin's leg, the blood ballooning there for a moment, suspended in air above the concrete, as if holy. What Leroy did under the elm that made his adopted family throw him out, he never knew, never fully could know, having turned to ash that weekend. They politely asked him not to come back, as he drank and pilled and kept falling down in the lawn, the grass cool and ticklish against his cheek. Once he lit a cigarette when the family had sat down to dinner. It's like he has a wick in his mouth and wants to explode, said the oldest son. Leroy could never be trusted because Leroy despaired, but didn't know it. It was the card trick he kept on believing. When he was a child, his father once took the back way to his grandmother's, taking his time, easing his beer back on the slow curves, and Leroy, surprised, rose up when he saw his grandmother's house appear from the honeysuckle, as if by magic his father had found a hidden way. Leroy had never thought there was more than one way to arrive. Sometimes, when Leroy's father drank whiskey, he'd talk about the war and how his battalion surrendered to the Viet Cong. Don't get me wrong, son. We didn't throw down our guns. We just gave up. See, when dark came, they came out of the jungle. But one night, instead of fighting, we just weren't there. Poof. Like magic. We bugged out. We quit. Sometimes he would tell more. Sometimes he would say nothing. It was the best thing we ever did, he would often add. It was when his father had given over to booze that Leroy would roam the neighborhood and find himself staring through the slats at the blonde girl and her family who preferred to dine outside. They were Italian or Spanish. To Leroy, the accents and nonsense words were like old keys that were useless to him, for he could find no doorway, but liked to hold them in his hands anyway, because they gave comfort and joy. Leroy would watch them for hours, ignoring his bladder, the cold damp seizing his fingers, his toes, giving up to the music of their fellowship. The family, like the rest of the neighborhood, became still and stopped and became ghost lights. But Leroy marshaled on, working on cars and renting from the same landlord 
that had rented to his father, even as the neighborhood became a series of empty houses. Sometimes the landlord comes by to adjust the boiler and counts the warped and water-stained case beer boxes Leroy's crammed into the trash can. He gets lost in the counting because he gets confused what and who he's counting. The beer cartons or the ways Leroy has surrendered to his father. The landlord shrugs. Who cares, anyway? Most of the world lives lives that would give Leroy's existence the stink of royalty. Who cares, anyway? He shrugs and adjusts the boiler and slings the wrench back into his bag. And above, the Milky Way moves, its lights and smoky gases slinking from planet to planet, the great party aloft and continuous in always. <laughs>